your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Friday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Honor Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Honor Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LRSport Penguins. I'm actually recording this on a Thursday evening. I never really do recordings uh, the day before. This is probably one of the first times that I've done it in the two years that I have been doing this show. So, you know, we got to break that out once in a while. But we are having Doug Glackey on from the Four Checking TV. He is one of the hosts of that. He also has had Rock McGinn on his show, a friend of both of the shows he is now. Um, but we have not had Doug on in a little bit, but wanted to bring him on to talk training camp and where he sees the team at this year and a whole bunch of other stuff. And yes, that includes all the Olympic competition because that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, team USA plays Canada at midnight on February 12th. I'll probably be at the bar. Anyways, um, Doug, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Not bad, man. It's you know it's fall now. It's a little cooler. You can sense it coming. There's what 19, 18, 19 days till the regular season starts for the Penguins. Um, we're, we're almost there. We've been chugging along all off season. The, the content has been a bit barren uh, at times, but no longer now. We got training camp in full force today. Uh, well, Thursday was it was fun to see the guy. Just videos of the guys skating around. Saw some really nice shots and everything. My first question for you. Like who are you? Who who are you hoping impresses you in this training camp that maybe the average fan you know wouldn't look for? I think I'm looking for a lot more out of Danton Heinen than maybe the average fan's looking for. I think that he's capable of a lot more than what he's provided for since um, being traded to Anaheim from Boston. Um, you know, I think we we need to keep in mind that like. Whenever some, whenever one of the wingers from that perfection line went down for Boston, either Marshand or Pasta, Danton Heinen was that guy. Like he was the one going out there, filling that role with Bergeron. Um, and I think you know, I think in, from a bottom six scoring perspective, I think that it's highly possible that he could out outdo what Jared McCann did. Um, obviously, the power play point production is not going to be there simply because. He's more of a PK guy, but you know, if you're able to get five on five depth scoring on a third line when fully healthy with probably Jeff Carter as your center, we're, we're doing something right. And that's something that I'm really looking for from Danton Hyde and being able to like contribute a big goal here and there and just be a good, consistent defensive specialist type player while still being able to put the puck in the net. See, I like that you said Danton because I, one of my bold predictions that is going to be on the Locked On NHL National Show, and I touched on this earlier in the week, was that he's going to go back to his production that he had in Boston. And that year, that big year, he was over a half a point per game. I really think he can get back to that. Playing in Mike Sullivan's system should really help him. I mean, according to Natural Statric, his two most common linemates last year at 5v5, Jacob Silverberg and Adam Henrique. I mean, you don't have to be a, a genius about hockey to, see, to know that those players are not nearly as good as they once were, and they both dragged him down. And also, you know, playing on one of the worst defensive teams in hockey that concedes a lot more goals than they score, that's not going to do you anything. And, you know, the system, Dallas Eakins' system is never really score-friendly, I don't think. So I really think those last couple of years tanked his value. I'm really excited to see what he can do. Maybe 
when Sid and Gino are hurt, you'll probably see him uh, have a little bit of power play time, I think. Um, obviously, when both of them come back, it's not going to be like that. But with both of them out for, well, Sid and Sid Cade's at least a week with Gino for two months, um, I think that opens up a spot for Heinen to be potentially um, at least on the second power play unit. But I don't think it's going to be the first. I think that's probably saved for all the other big guns. But, Doug, he was getting his first crack at training camp on Thursday. He was on a line with Jeff Carter and Jake Gensel. So I'm curious to see if they try that line out in the regular season or if they continue to do that throughout training camp in the preseason as well. That's something interesting just simply because like we're, we're so used to seeing Brian Russ there. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, you've said it, I've said it. Our buddy Danny from the Pens blog has said it. We need Rust off that top line, man. We need to give Rust like his own line or put him with, with Malkin when they're fully healthy and just let him run wild. So like honestly, dude, if they if they put Dan Hyden with Gensel and said, that, that would be interesting. It, it would make a lot of sense. You know, obviously you're not gonna split up Jake and Sid. That would be ridiculous. No. Um I've seen a lot I mean, Danny also has been advocating for Zucker to be the third wheel to those two. I could see it though. It looks like Mike Sullivan may not be doing that because Zucker was with Kapanen today. Um, on the first day of training camp, obviously, you know, it is the first day, but um, that's where it looks like it's heading again when Malkin comes back. I think the placeholder right there who was on the line was Redeem Zahorna, who is another player I think I do want to see a lot more of this season. Very small sample size. We'll get to him in just a second. But yeah, Gensel, Crosby, Heinen, if Rust or someone else struggles up there, makes a lot of sense to potentially have him as that third wheel and can finish off. Sid's chances, you know, because you said um, when the, one of the perfection line players went down in Boston, he was the first option to go up there and play with them. And he did a pretty good job. And I want to say that was his 2017, 2018 year when he had, I think, 47 points, if I'm not mistaken. So, yes, he was always um, underappreciated, even when I think he was in Boston as well. And this, this one year deal has the potential to be one of the biggest steals of the free agent class. So, I'm excited. He's one of the – I think he's the most – how am I supposed to say this? He is the player that I'm most excited for that just came to the team this year. But again, man, I still want to see more of Zahorna. Only played in, what, five, six games last year. Some people advocated yeah. for him to play in the playoffs. I would not have minded that. Um, but, you know, he's going to he's gonna push for an opening night spot, and I would not be surprised if he is one of the centers on this team come opening night if potentially he makes a team over Brian Boyle, which um, we'll talk about here in a second as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Hunter. Um, I wouldn't say that I want Redeems or Horner to get a lot of looks at center. I know that he's capable of doing that, but like I, I really want Zahorna to be the replacement for Brandon Tanev on that Teddy Bluger fourth line. I just think the idea of Aston Reese, Bluger, and Zahorna together is very difficult to play against while still being as defensively stout as it was last season when Brandon Tanev was on that line. That would be interesting though. I did see today oh, on Thursday, I keep saying today like a moron, but Brock McGinn was getting the first reps actually next to Aston Reese and, Tan and uh, Tanev, Aston Reese and Bluger. And that makes a lot of sense as well because he's a more offensive player than Tanev was he, he's just as yeah. good defensively which is the funny part if you compare their defensive metrics they're basically mm -hmm. clones of each other but offensively after you saw what McGinn did in Carolina this last year 
he is a better player in the offensive zone than him. And I think that could take that line to new heights and be the new shutdown fourth line. It would literally be like Tanev never left. So I think that line has the potential to stick from the ones that I saw today. But, you know, the, you bring up a good point with Zahorna as well. I'd be curious to see if they give him reps on, you know, Bluger's win with Ashton Reese throughout training camp. There wasn't really too much else on the lines that caught me by surprise. I did see P.O. Joseph skating with Crystal Tang, but that was just because they were in Team 3. Um, that's not going to happen this season unless there's a boatload of injuries again, even though I do think P.O. will make the team in some capacity. Is there any other you know young prospect or other player that you are really looking forward to seeing in training camp to see if he can take a spot on the team? I think the obvious one is probably Philip Hollander. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, obviously he really like, that was, that was a big ball play going into, to, into development camp saying he's there to take an NHL roster spot. Yep. I, I think, I think he's been ready for a little bit now. It reminds me a lot of the Teddy Bluger situation where there just was never an opening for him, but we knew he could have played years prior. It's just needs to be a spot for him to play. I think that with the inf- Flex of injuries that are, have occurred to start the year, especially without Sid and Gino. Um, there's a good shot that Philip Hollander can get a run as a bottom six center, um, at least for the time being. And I would really, you, you know, I would honestly prefer it if he were to beat out someone like Brian Boyle for a roster spot. I, I would, I would like to see that, you know, he's a lot younger. Obviously Boyle is there for center depth when Sid is out. I don't really know if he's on the playoff roster once they clinch. You know, I mean, I'm sure they will, but when this team is fully healthy, where what spot is he taking? Right? I mean, the the team is pretty deep at forward, so that that's going to be an interesting case as training camp goes on. I was surprised by that signing, especially because someone like Tyler Bozak was out there, uh, and also Boyle did not play at all last season due to um, yeah. Well, I'm like almost. I'm somehow forgetting it. It was his. Um, he had it, cancer, right? Was it? Yeah, it was. I think he was just recovering from having the cancer treatments the year yeah. prior, and just needed to take a year to himself. Plus, with COVID, yeah. Too, I mean, that, yeah. That why why, why risk it? Yeah, ex- exactly. I'm always. I'll always remember, man. He scored the hat trick against the Penguins while he was with the Devils on Hockey Fights Cancer Night. That's just. I know. That's too poetic, man. I mean, I know, dude. It's like something out of a movie. Yeah, literally. So. I'm excited to see that. You know, I've talked on this week. Cam Lee from Wilkes-Barre. Will Riley, that's an interesting one. Even though they're pretty yeah. set at defense, who's going to go up and take that number six spot? Is it Chad Ruedel? Are you going to put Mark Friedman there? I mean, probably not going to put Yusuf Rikula, our boy Danny's favorite player there, who has the memes of him. So um, Josh Maniscalco from Wilkes-Barre, they signed him about a season and a half ago. They have a lot of interesting young defensemen from Wilkes-Barre who are pushing – to get on the team, even though there's probably only like one or two spots available, if that. So that's a battle I'm also watching pretty closely through camp. Yeah, I I think that's something I keep my eye on as well, simply because I'm a believer that Cam Lee and Will Riley are closer to NHL ready than what we think. Um, you know, same same with Josh Maniscalco. Um, if these guys all were able to have normal seasons last year. Um, I'd like to think that all three of them, or at least two of the three are pushing for NHL roster spots. But, um, you know, I think, I think to start the year, that number six role, I think it only makes sense to give it to Chad Ruedel 
he's earned it. Um, he's it's been a long time coming for him. He should have been a number sixty in the NHL probably for the a good part of the past three to four years. So why not just give him that run and see if he's able to uh, succeed? Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, I wrote this article for Full Press Hockey about a month ago. It all makes sense. You know, he has the better underlying numbers than any of their other options there. And he's always been steady as she goes, you know, whenever he comes in. I mean, great, good in the defensive zone, fine with zone entries, fine with zone exits. I mean, what's really the risk of playing him there? You don't really have any other options. But still have a lot more to get to for this episode of Locked on Penguins. Before we do that, though, I do have to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. That is direct TV stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite shows, movies, all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with direct TV stream. And yes, that includes sports, especially with the NFL Sunday ticket. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. We can't always cannot forget about Bet online, which is the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated website and interface, there's even more odds, props, and contests. They continue to be the number one source for everything football. It, even, it doesn't even stop at football. There's basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for this season that has been online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, all right, Doug, let, let's get into this question now. So, I think a lot of people have been, I guess, undervaluing the team a little bit. I've seen people call the Penguins a bit of a bubble team this year, and you know they may not make it from the Metro even because just because they're so banged up, but. When it really comes down to, I want to hear your thoughts on. It. I've talked about this so many times this week. I don't think the Metro is that good. You have three good teams in there, plus Pittsburgh, and then you got a few other teams that you don't really know what to expect. So, where do you think the Penguins will finish in this division this year with all the injuries so far? I think they're going to be a t- uh, the three seed in the Metro or one of the wild card teams. Um, I think the Metro is going to be a lot tougher than what we think because you got to keep in mind Carolina's coming back. The Rangers are on the rise. The expectation is the Rangers are only going to get better. Um, You know, the Islanders are the Islanders. They still somehow miraculously make the playoffs, even though their entire roster is like basically a nursing home. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, you still have, I mean, Philly too. Like you don't, you don't know what's going on with Philly, dude, because like, Carter Hart, man, it's like it's either he's here, like he's an elite goalie, the perennial like second coming of Carey Price, or he's like horrible. So that's an interesting team to look out for. Um, but like my big thing is, dude, it's like in the Metro this year, there's not going to be a single game that you go up against a team where it's like, okay, like we can like basically like cool the jets a little bit. Well, Columbus kind of stinks, but yeah, it's a a rivalry game to be fair. Yeah. Also like, I think Columbus could be nice because I was looking at line rushes and I think they're going to be difficult to play against, especially like the fact that they're running Cole Sillinger 
off the bat with Line A. Like that's gonna be inter- that's something to keep an eye on because they might be a team that can just like spook you a little bit whenever you play them a random night in like February. That's I've I haven't heard that take yet, so that's interesting. I just don't think when you look up and down the roster, they're going to be any good. I mean, sure, Elvis is there. He just signed that fresh extension. Corpusalo is a good backup. I just want to see more from Lane. Um, I guess just because he was so bad last year, and he just hasn't yeah. been the same player um, ever since he was traded there. Um, you got Warenski making a lot of money, but you know when you got money to throw around, why well, not just do it to him? I guess even though he is. Grossly overpaid. I mean, New Jersey, they got better, but there's still a lot of holes there. I, I just don't see the hype with the Rangers. I like their high-end talent with Fox and Panarin and Zibanejad and, you know, a couple of the left front here, of course, and Capo Caco, but they went all in on that sandpaper game this se- this offseason, yeah. and I'm like, that's going to, I think, derail them quite a bit. That's why I'm just not so high on the division and why I think the Penguins may benefit from this. And Philadelphia, they made... I feel like Chuck Fletcher just made a bunch of moves like Jim Rutherford would after a bad season just for the sake of doing mm-hmm. it. Um, but, you know, they're always a wild card, so you never know. I just yeah. I think Pittsburgh will finish top three. Where they do it, I don't know. I think it's at least third place when you look at it. You know, obviously, like you said, Carolina is going to be good even with subpar goaltending maybe. The Islanders, you know, Lou Lamorello always has these weird rules for them. Washington is yeah. still the Caps as long as Ovechkin and Backstrom are – leading the way. Um, but I still think this team is going to be a bit better um, than expected. What, what were your thoughts just on the Evgeny Malkin news? Was that in line for what you were expecting or were you expecting him to miss at least like half a year or something? I was expecting way longer. Um, two months to me is for what I was expecting is pretty damn good. And, you know, I was just thinking out loud here as we were going through this, like you think about Heinen with Gensel and said, what happens is Zucker and Cappy get such good chemistry with Jeff Carter that, um, you know, your third lo- your your second line at that point is going to be McGinn, Malkin, and Rust. And I think not that bad. that's doable, man. That's Dude, not- like, listen, that gives me Feta Tanko, Malkin, Talbot vibes. Like, it's it's there. I think it could work. Brian Rust with Gino, that works a lot. I think people have like um, rose-colored glasses just because there's, he's so good with Sid. But when Sid was down that first month of about the the, the shortened season when he had I think that yeah. the hernia, I'm pretty sure their expected goals for was like 55, 56 percent, and their possession was right around there too. So, I mean, yeah. he didn't. They didn't miss a beat when Malkin was on that line. You can put Rust with either one of them. And he will kick butt. So I, I think I would be down for that. I, I think the biggest one is, you know, where do you put J- uh, Zucker? Just because um, that's going to be such an interesting case this year, man. I mean, yeah. one of but my like, predictions he, I talked about this week, I'll say it. He's going to score 25 goals this year. I don't know how. Oh, yeah. But I think, you know, yeah. I think he's going to shut a lot of people up. Um, I still have people bug me all the time about, well, the, the, the Penguins paid too much to get Jason Zucker. That's not what you're supposed to do. They gave away Kaylin Addison. I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen Kaylin Addison in the Minnesota Wild um, playing that much. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. It was a lottery-protected pick. Um, sure, Zucker struggled last year, but I think that mainly has to do with his confidence being shot. I just He didn't look comfortable at all 
playing, and I think mm-hmm. a fresh offseason and a fresh start for him will go a very long way uh, to getting yeah. him back. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, heck, you can play him with Jeff Carter when the season begins. I think he'll be just fine too. Well, I was I was going to bring that up to you, man. I, you know, one of their best lines post-trade deadline last year was whenever Zucker and Cappy were with Carter. Um, like they, they look, the three of them look really good together. I like, I like Cappy with Jeff Carter a lot more than I like him with Malkin just simply because that worked so well in a small sample size last year going into the playoffs, um, that I think you need to stick with it. And my big thing is, man, is like, we have the Penguins have pieces now that like, yeah. Danton Heinen and Brock McGinn are bottom six forwards, but like they're capable of playing with high end talent. They've proven it before. You know, we all, we all know that Brock played with Sebastian Ajo a lot in Carolina. Yeah, he yeah. played with Jordan Stahl as well. And I think that that's something that needs to be explored because <laughs> even though, you know, they're not high end talent, Connor Sherry has proven to all of us that as long as you're a good third wheel with an elite player, you can accomplish anything in this world and in this league. Absolutely. I mean, if you can put Connor Sherry on your line, he can score almost 20 goals, basically. I mean, what, 20 goals. What, what, what more What more could you ask for? But, but literally, Brock McGinn, I'm sure, could come close to that, maybe even actually get it while playing with one of the two big guns. Um, I think Hyman could potentially do it. I know Zucker can. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Um, another thing I talked about this week I want to discuss with you, Doug. John Marino's got to be his rookie self if they want to make sure that they're set on D. Last year can't that can't happen again. His his contract is kicked in now. That's a six year term worth about almost four and a half million. Defensively, he's always been strong, but you can't put him with Mike Matheson every game. I, I've talked about this <laughs> numerous times throughout the offseason. In case you all have not listened to that, when you put two players on a pairing that always want the puck, that's not going to work. One of them can't play defense. The other guy can, but he's also good at moving the puck. So it's just, it's too much of a tire fire. It's too chaos-like, I think. And That's, yeah. You know, That's what made, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, that's why you want to put him with, for some reason, everyone's favorite whipping boy in this fan base, Marcus Pedersen. Thank you. Never understood why that some of the Yinzers have said that he's soft, as Michelle Terrian likes to say, and that he doesn't hit anything behind the net or he doesn't do anything in front of the net. I mean, go look at Micah's stuff on Hockey Viz. That'll debunk your theory right there. Yep. He's good at exiting the zone. He may not score as much, but sometimes you don't need that from all of your defensemen, right? Sometimes it's fine to have a defender who is good at moving the puck out of their zone and is just good at getting the puck away from the net um, and it's just not that good offensively. I think that's fine as long as you're at least treading water at even strength. So pairing Marino on there, and he's the better puck mover than Pedersen, it's just it brings out the best in them, and mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest reason why you hopefully you will see Marino make the big leap that I expect him to this year. This is where your contract starts. They're paying you to be a top-four defender. Let's get some offense into his game a bit more and continue to play Really good defensively because before he got hurt his rookie year, he was shaping up to be a potential Carter Trophy finalist. I don't, he was not yeah. going to win it, but there was some rumblings that he could have been a finalist, and I was going to be all for that. Yeah, he he looked so good going into that injury. 
And to, to make your point about how he can't play with Mike Matheson, it's the same reason why um, the theory that he can also that he can allegedly play with POJ needs to be debunked as well because it would be the same exact concept. Yep. Marcus Pedersen is here to play with John Marino. He's his guy. Like that. Bottom line that that needs to be the thing. And I think longer term, if they were to move one of Marino or Ma- or of one of Pedersen or Matheson, you got to find a way for Pe- uh, Matheson to be that guy. You 100%, know, hundred percent because yeah. that. The way they're going into it with the defensemen right now, it reminds me so much of the Jack Johnson versus Erica Branson debate where, you know, Pedersen had a good rookie year, good good um, little campaign post being acquired by the Penguins, had him have like a gap ELC year where they pay him the same, same cap hit as ELC, and they just let everything play out. Regardless of like the financial constraints in this league, Hunter, somebody is going to need a defenseman at some point, and they will make a trade for one of those guys. Hopefully, it being Mike Maps. I wish it would have happened this year, but you know, especially with all these contracts that got moved. I mean, freaking Brendan yeah. Dillon got traded for God's sake. So yeah, and uh, like I see Nate Schmidt gets traded. It's like, come on, man. Like, Mike Matheson might be better than Oliver Ekman Larson's corpse got traded with that awful yes. contract for. Seven years until I'm like 31. So, um, oh that, that's crazy to think about that. When that contract ends, I'll be in my 30s. That's, just that's scary. Yeah. And then Mike Matheson has five years left. I'll be 29 when that expires. So, I don't even want to think of that um, at this point. But yeah, I agree, man. They would have to find a way to move Matheson um, if it came down to it. Uh, still have a little more to get to for this episode. Yes, we have that Olympic talk coming up in the next segment. Before we do that, though, um, we do have to discuss. Built Bar, when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the flavors, uh, well, there's strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, my personal favorite, German chocolate, double chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Um, not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of of net carbs go you can go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com okay welcome back to this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm your host hunter hodes remember to follow me on twitter at hunter hodes follow just follow the show's twitter at lo underscore penguins so i know this is your favorite thing to talk about uh, you know olympic hockey it's back and better than ever you know the nhl players will be coming and um, I, I talked about this, I think about a week and a half, two weeks ago, this team USA is going to be really good. Um, that's for, this is probably be the best team they've had in a while. They, they just got to do three things. You said it before. I'm going to steal your thunder here. No, J- no James Van Reeves, Dyke, no Blake Wheeler. And for the love of God, don't let 2014's four shootout winners have you put TJ freaking Oshie on the team over so much so much better talent. I just, I don't want that to happen. Um, but this tournament's going to be tough, man. You know, USA, they're, we're going to play Canada at 12.10 in the morning, I believe on February 12th. You can catch me drinking during that game until about 2.33 a.m. Uh, I think that's going to be <laughs> a lot of fun for just everyone watching that. But um, this is going to be, I think, the most skilled tournament we've seen in Olympic hockey in a long time. 
So this is ironic. Before I left work tonight, I said to my boss, I'm like, hey, I'm taking PTO during the Winter Olympics. He's like, hell yeah. Like, let's let's do it. He said to me, that's totally fine. So you can catch me watching that game just absolutely in like tanked. I can't wait for that. But dude, honestly, like the talent, the amount of talent that's going to be on all of the country's rosters is massive. You know, like you think even the smaller end countries, like um, Denmark made it, they're going to have Nikolai Ehlers. Um, Switzerland's going to have like, obviously they have Roman Yossi, but they're going to have Marco Rossi. They're going to have Matt Zuccarello, guys like that. Germany um, is going to be interesting whenever they have Leon Dreisaitl and Tim Stutzler, you know? Whoo! Plus Philip Grubauer in that. Like, they might be able to, like, knock someone big off. Yep. And that's not even us talking Sweden's about the Canadians gonna be, Sweden's going to be disgusting with their defensive core. They can roll out Victor Hedman and Matthias Ekholm and Eric Carlson if he's fully healthy. and Victor Hedman and John Klingberg top pairing. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, yep. good, good night, Irene. And then they're, they're forwards, too. I mean, you got, what, Sebastian Ajo on there. You got Nicholas Batten. Finland. Oh, no, he's on Finland. Yeah, I almost messed it up. So yeah. If Clark is listening yeah, to good. this, I'm not going to get screwed over this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that. Um, again, yeah, I, I honestly, I almost forgot that he was um, finished. But you see, you got Backstrom leading the way on Sweden. Um, there's Elias Pettersson. Elias Pettersson. Nikas Banajad. Whoo! <laughs> that's going to be... Elias Lindholm's going to play a wing. Elias Lindholm, yeah, that's... Their forwards are going to be nasty. And then even like with yeah. even Finland too. I mean, Russia's top six is wow. I mean, they can put Kucherov, Malkin, and Ovechkin on one line if they want. You can put Buchnevich on a line with um, um, like I'm almost like I'm, I'm blanking on the um, – We did this the other night and I had Pavel Buchnevich on my fourth line. Oh, really? You did? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he would. Um, get, I thought he would get top six minutes. Oh, the, yeah. the, Pavel Datsuk might even play if he's still going. Dude, their center depth is so screwed that I think Pavel Datsuk's gonna have to play third line center. <laughs> their second line center slated right now is going to be uh, Vegas Golden Knights legend Vadim Shipachev. Oh my god! <laughs> and then like the bottom six centers, if you don't count Datsuk, it's gonna be like Vlad Nemesh. Tarasenko um, will be there. I think he'll. I think he, he, if he's healthy, he should be. Yeah, my fourth line was actually um, Buchnevich, um, Nemesnikov, and Tarasenko. That's pretty good. That's yeah, actually, because, that's actually not bad. I mean, their defense is not going to be good, though. I mean, they can put Dmitry Orlov on there if they choose. Um, I think. Oh, uh, you know, is Sharon Govich from the Devils. He could make that. He, I think he could. He's Belarusian. Or is he Belarusian? Oh, I thought he was. Oh, I thought he was. Yeah, actually. if if um if Belarus qualified, uh, he was going to be the captain. Oh wow, I did not know. Yeah. that. I, I honestly always thought that he was going to be on Team Russia because just because of the, I mean the name, obviously. But yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. that one I did. Yeah, I did not expect that one. I mean, yeah, this is my this is the top six that I have laid out. Yeah, I kept Ovechkin, Malkin, and Radulov together because they're they've been playing together forever. Mm-hmm. They're so good together. And then the second line would be Svechnikov, Shipachev, and Nikita Kucherov. That's a decent top six. I'll say that. I mean, even with yeah, the third the third line's amazing too because it would be Panarin, some random center, and and Kirill. Yep, Caprice. Yeah, I mean, even 
And then, and then yeah, you can have Nemestikov, Buchnevich, um, and I mean, Paolo Datsyuk too. So that lineup is not terrible. It's just their defense is going to be bad. I mean, you have, like I said, you have Dmitry Orlov, and I mean, there really is honestly not much there to be honest. I mean, hopefully, I mean, Provorov's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he'll um, make it. You know, Artem Zub is going to be good as well. Somebody, he's he's going to be somebody good to pair with, like a Provorov or a Sergachev. Mm-hmm. And they'll have yeah, the best yeah. goaltender on the planet um, playing for them. So that 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 that's going to make them. Their their goaltending is going to be insane. They might have the best goaltending depth in the tournament because you have Vasilevsky, yeah. Sorokin, and Igor, and they could say they could say they could take Yaroslav Iskarov with them, and it would make sense. That, it's going to be tough to beat them even without like them not being deep, just because Vasilevsky's not going to give up many goals. It's just that's just how good he is. Exactly. In the last tournament, they had what Sergei Bobrovsky. Sorry, I mean that's just the yeah, upgrade from yeah. him to freaking Vasilevsky is going to be insane. But you know, just going back to U- Team USA, man. I mean, I want to see both Kachuk brothers make it. Jake needs to make it. Ryan Rust could be a little dark horse, but I'm not sure he's going to get on it. Patty I have Rusty on my fourth line. Interesting. I don't know my if fourth one of the players that I could mention. I mean, you know, Patty Kane. Austin Matthews, if he's healthy, Jack Eichel, Joe Pavelski, maybe if he's still going at it, I'm not really sure. Debrinkit, Debrinkit, yep, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, he he should make Kyle it. Connor. Kyle Connor, yep, Kyle Connor, Johnny Gaudreau, John, uh, John uh, Brady Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, Max Pacioretty, I think should make it as well. Maybe. I think he's maybe. Uh, I think he's pretty. I think he should make it. I think he's still one of the yeah. players. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty good, but, like, I could also understand if they go young. And I think the biggest one that would be, like, contention for, like, Russ to not make it would be the fact that they could just throw Alex Tuck on the fourth line and have the same effect, if not better. Alex Tuck, yeah. I haven't seen you him know? in a lot of the projections, which is odd. But not a lot of people have yeah. brought him up. I mean – I mean, I've seen people bring up Dylan Larkin. I mean, that makes sense. I think he's still Dylan being... Larkin's probably going to be the second line center now that Jack's out. Yeah, you know, I think that that's just how it's going to have to be. And they're still, you know, I mean, this is still the most talented they, they're going to be in, in so long. I mean, Doug, Adam Fox, Charlie McAvoy, top pair. I mean, it, it does not. Get... Yeah, Jacob Slavin, Adam Fox, top pair. That that would be really good too. I mean, Nasty. If they, they want to split up Fox Nasty. and McAvoy. That's fine with me. Um, or I think Wierenski and McAvoy would be your second pair. That's good too. I think John Carlson's yeah. on your third pair with um, – I'm not really sure. Who, who would you have as the third pair? Yeah. Quinn Hughes is going to have to go Yeah. because they're going to take Jack. You think Jack yeah, Hughes I could will also get just, on it? You think he'll get on what's it? What's up? You think Jack Hughes will be on the team? Just simply because Jack's such a big part of USA hockey in general, I think that he'll get selected. You know, and now that now that Jack Eichel's out, um, I think a big dark horse to make it is like a bottom six center might be Trevor Zegers. If he has a good year in yeah, Anaheim, if he's if he's killing it in Anaheim at the time of where the rosters get unveiled, I think he could potentially make it. Yeah. I think it's just it's hard to bet on him just because of how um, just bad the Ducks are. I think at this point, yeah. but you're telling me, man, that 
Justin Applicator's not going to be on this team. No Eric Johnson. No Jack Johnson and everyone. We're fine center Luke Glendening, baby. Luke Glendening, man. They really Catch the vibes. bungled that team so freaking bad. <laughs> uh, it's just that, – that, that's awful. I think, you know, me and me and King Clarkie were going like back and forth in our DMs just about like – all yeah. like a different team just because like they're all gonna be so freaking good. I mean, I don't even want to get started on Canada, man. Like that's just So do you know about the Jacob Chikrin debacle? No. He has dual citizen citizenship for both USA and Canada. Oh, and God. I think the defense might be so loaded to the point that he doesn't make Team Canada. He should be on the top six here any day of the week. He should. I. I would play him without a box. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Let Slavin play with John Carlson. Where's Mac? Let him who's be Boy play with Zach Wierenski. That's a good defensive core, and you have Connor Hellebuck in net. Doug. I mean, I think outside of Vasilevsky, they'll have the second best goalie in the tournament. I mean, Canadian Canada fans will say Carey Price this, Carey Price that. No. Sorry, I'll take Connor Hellebuck any day. Um, John Gibson is your backup. Yeah. Third goalie, I'm not sure. I, you're probably thinking Spencer Knight. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what other goalie they should take, though. That's your Demko. Yeah, he's good, too. That's it. I, I, either, yeah. Yeah, either one of those, to be honest. But, or, you know, hot take, but if Cal Peterson comes out swinging for the Kings, maybe he's on the bubble. Yeah. You know? That's, that's a good point, too. Um, but um, Canada's goaltending, man, like that's that's no sure thing. That's a debacle. Um, their roster is going to be gross, though. I mean, just the oh, full forwards in defense. I mean, they'll, they'll have again, you know, they'll have Duncan Hamilton on there. They'll have like honestly, dude, their team's going to be so loaded to the point that I don't think John Tavares makes the roster. He might, he might not have to. It's it's does, no. does Claude Giroux make the roster? <laughs> oh hell no! Jonathan Taves doesn't make the roster either. If, if if he is not playing well, I don't think he gets. Guess, it. Who, guess who else doesn't make the defense, which is going to be just beautiful content about two to three months. Drew Doughty. Yep. If they put no Drew, Drew Doughty on there, that would be pathetic. I mean, it's just no. you're, you're asking to be. He's so. I'm gonna read off what I have right now, and you tell me how he makes it. Okay, go ahead. Theodore McCarr, Shabbat Petrangelo. Morgan Riley, Dougie Hamilton, Aaron Eckblad, your seven, and your extra defenseman will be Bowen Byram. You can put Chris Letang as your extra, too. Yeah, I know. I, th- I thought about it, but I didn't want to get destroyed. Yeah, that that's the, and then <laughs> and then they'll they'll put they'll put I think Marshawn Crosby Bergeron on the same line like they do in the that's, World Cup. That's what I have, and then I, I have Stammer, McDavid, and McKinnon. Oh, I know. I don't think the, yeah. there, I, don't, I just you know I'm supposed to love Team USA and I and I always will but they're not they they don't hold a prayer to them no no this I is a shutdown fourth line Huberto Couturier Stone oh Mark Stone on your fourth line I know dude it's terrifying that, it's terrifying that, that this is this is 100 percent the most stacked I think I've ever seen Team Canada it it's I mean not to get out of pocket here but it's going to be literal hockey porn. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's honestly yeah. the best way to describe. I can't wait for this tournament, man. I mean, I know you can either. I know all the listeners probably can't um, as well. It's so great that the um, all the players will be going back. It's just not the same without it. I think I see Team USA getting bronze. I think probably if they don't play Team Canada in the gold medal game, if they do, they'll probably get silver. I just 
if they play them in the semifinals, I, I can't see it. I, I really can't, man. I just it, it would have to be literally a miracle on ice. Um, part two, and you know, speaking of that Sweden lineup, I finally found there with King Clark. You know, Elias Peterson, Zabanajad, William Nylander, Gabriel Landeskog, Nicholas Backstrom, Philip Forsberg, Ricard Raquel. Um, William Carlson, Victor Arvidsson, Gustav Nyquist, Lindholm and Silverberg, Hedman Klingberg, Darlene with Carlson and Lindholm at home with Leonard and Nett. Whoo! I mean, Sweden will be a tough out. I think that's going to be a really tough team. So this is my craziest take. Mm-hmm. The one C of Team Sweden is going to be Joel Eriksson. Yeah, that's not happening. So, like, listen. The reason I have it like that is so that Pedersen can play left wing on the third line with Sabana Jed and Victor Arvidsson. That would be fun to watch. That that would be a really cool line. Um, you know, and then the fourth line would be Raquel, William Carlson, and like Patrick Hornquist or something like that. Yeah, I'd be curious to see if Hornquist makes the team. You know, he was good last year. I think, you know, if he team. makes like a if they make like a gritty fourth line or like a shutdown fourth line, I think Hornquist needs to be on that line. You know, there's also a case for like maybe Neil. Was Hoglander as well? That, that you would know, make, that would make sense too. Um, I think they just they play like just ridiculous type of play style. You know? Yeah. Do you have anything else on Olympic stuff before we wrap it up, Doug? You know, just you expect them to medal? Team USA, that is. Yeah, dude. I I think that they win silver. I also like. There's something in the back of my mind that's telling me they might go on a gold medal run. Um, Mike Sullivan, baby. Dude, honestly though, like they couldn't have, and this isn't just this isn't me doing Penguins PR. They could not have a better head coach for this tournament, and I think that his assistant coaching staff is really, really good, with the exception of John Hines. Um, David Quinn stinks, uh, by the way. What's up, David Quinn's David Quinn stinks. I, I like him as a, I like him as an assistant coach, though. Yeah. You know, he he'd be a good motivator. I think. You know, just don't trust the GM making the show calling the shots. No, no, because you you already know that Seth Jones can be top pair on team. If USA. they put Sam, if they put, if they if Seth Jones makes this team, I might. He better be only an extra. He should not be. Well, in the it's it's lineup. it's Stan Bowman, right? Yeah, it is. Oh, we're so screwed. He's knowing him. He's going to have him playing in the top four or something, which is just going to screw them over. Uh, the six defensemen that we named are all better than him. Well, you you know you know he's going to force Wabrenski and Jones. Yeah, that that can't happen. That's just you have five, you, you just have to you have too many better defensemen, man. All these yeah. young players are too good. But um, if you don't have anything else, Doug, I think that's going to wrap up today's episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Really appreciate every one of you listening. We'll do five episodes again starting on Monday. Uh, first, Doug, plug in your Twitter and your show. Where can everyone find you? All right. So follow me on Twitter at Doug underscore Gladkey. Follow the Four Checking TV Twitter at Four Checking TV. Um, you know, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, just type in Four Checking TV and then subscribe to us on YouTube at Four Checking TV. Um, you know, I don't really know what we have coming up yet. I think you, you you pretty much know how I operate. I'll have a day off of work. I'll brainstorm, and then we'll get something rolling. So maybe more more to come tomorrow on that because I'll be off tomorrow, and I'll be able to think and figure out what I want to do. But um, definitely trying to get towards more pens-related content. Um, did a lot of 
mock Olympic rosters recently, and as much as I love talking about the Olympics, I need to I need to get back to like actual hockey. So yeah, yeah, that this will probably be the last Olympic talk I'll have until I actually have a full blown preview uh, in January and February. That that will be a awesome. That that might be like an hour long special. I don't usually have those episode long episodes here, but that yeah. will be a very <laughs> long episode to say the least. But again, man, thank you so so much for coming on. We'll definitely do one of these again soon. Um, again, you, you, you just plugged in the socials and everything. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore penguins, penguins, excuse me. And we will be back on Monday of next week. Hope you all enjoy the weekend.